Okay, this is contingent. We should mention off the top on whether or not the provincial and federal governments agree to a bit of a bailout package. Uh, exactly where are we in that process? How likely is that to happen? Well, I think, you know, discussions have been underway for a long time between the mayor, which is, and, and we recognize, everyone recognizes that it's his job to, to steer intergovernmental relations. But, yeah, he's having conversations with the federal and provincial governments to talk about the large movement of money, as I'm sure all of the other municipalities and, and mayors are doing. And I also know that the mayor is talking to leaders in other cities in Canada because they're in the same predicament. Uh, you know, the emergency hit, we've had to open up our wallet we've had to spend. Even a cheapskate like me recognizes that spending is required to deal with a health emergency like this. But at some point, you need to pay the bill. And, uh, you know, I think that that point is coming sooner than later. And I think the mayor is raising this specter with the public to make sure that the public understand that there are changes that have to come, uh, no matter who pays for what. It's always the taxpayer at the end of the day, and to expect things to remain the same, uh, you know, is unrealistic. Yeah, how big is the ask of the provincial and federal government? Two billion dollars. I mean, that's a big number by anyone's uh, estimation. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not a fly in the wall in the room, and I'm sure it's ranged anywhere from, can, hey, can you pay the whole bill down to, you know, what it is that you can help us with. Um, we know that the large drivers of these uh, of this tab is A, the loss of revenue uh, from the sale of homes because the, the real estate market has changed, and that's a big piece, so we don't have the final accounting. And the other thing, of course, is driven by the TTC. We have to run a minimum service level, and uh, there aren't many people riding public transit right now for a variety of reasons. And so those are massive holes that are driving, you know, tens of millions of dollars a week in, in escalating uh, um, um, a loss. Hopefully at some point in time that will turn around. And then there's all the extra plus expenses. But it's a very large number. And my suspicion is at the end of the day that it will take a number of Contributions, anything ranging from property tax to some assistance from other levels of government to changes to things like our capital plan. Maybe we're going to let our roads get a little rougher, if you can imagine. Uh, but we've got to take all of those steps to try to pay this bill. Okay, I want to cover a number of those issues you just brought up. But said another way, I mean, $2 billion, a big number, hard for people to get their head around. I don't know if this helps folks a little more. The city has been losing roughly $65 million a week. So if we're $65 million in the hole each and every week, is there any doubt that there will be job losses? Um, I, I cannot rule anything out. It would be irresponsible for me to take any of those positions. I need to start to see the analysis and the numbers come out. And look, our staff have really been focused on managing the emergency. Don't They have been accounting these things, and I have seen reports, but those numbers vary over time, and they're starting to stabilize now, and we're starting to see trends. But, but as I said, the big pieces there are the public transit and the loss of, of uh, land transfer tax revenue. The other pieces are much smaller. Uh, so as the daycare situation eventually stabilizes, that will drop off. As the shelter situation stabilizes, that piece will drop off. Uh, PPE is, is used less, that will start to drop off. So th those numbers are changing over time. But to give you a perspective, a 1% property tax increase raises $25 million. So it's a really big number that we're talking about. Okay, what are the implications of that, though, Stephen? I mean, we're just talking last hour with a real estate expert because actually the numbers for June were pretty good for Toronto. Uh, year to date, we were pretty much level, and housing prices up 12%. Uh, 
property taxes are going up. What sort of spinoff effects could that possibly have, particularly in a market that is really unaffordable already for a lot of people? Yeah, again, we don't know what the magic number is going to be on property tax, um, but I, I recognize, and I think everyone else at City Council recognizes, that it's expensive to live in the city, so we want to try to minimize that. You know, one of the pitches I've been making that's it's frustrated me, and I think it's frustrating the public, is that the city also tends to be spending on some things that I, you have to question, are these a priority during COVID? I went right after those bike lanes that were proposed, not just because it was bike lanes. I mean, I had some issues with that, but, you know, did we have to do this during COVID? It was over $6 million that were spent over on the Danforth for some improvements. And I raised the question, can't we just try, just try to save a little bit of money just to show the public that, you know, we're trying to curtail our expenses and manage this big bill so that when we come back and we ask for the money, it's credible. How tough is it, though? I mean, when you talk about bike lanes, I mean, that's infrastructure spending. And there are other people that will argue that's exactly what we need right now. You mentioned that maybe our roads are going to have to get a, a little rougher. But some people believe infrastructure spending, particularly in a downtime, is the best way to get yourself out of any sort of uh, recession and or depression. How tough is the job of city council moving forward here when it comes to what to cut, uh, when it comes to service cuts? It's, it's very difficult, and one of the things is we have to apply logic and get some advice on this, because if you slow down, say, the renewal of roads, sometimes when you do the catch-up repair, it costs even more. And I don't mean just because it's more expensive in later days to, to do a job, but the things deteriorate on a sliding scale much faster. So we're going to have to be really smart about needs versus wants, and sometimes it's going to be a need that we have to fix something. If you look outside today, you'll see work hasn't stopped. In fact, we've taken advantage of the city to do a lot of these big infrastructure projects because the traffic volumes and the movement of people is less, and we can get the work done more efficiently. But at some point, there's a reckoning all that, and we have to look at our assets and figure out, can we slow any of these things down, or can we speed some of them up? Can we augment with more... Uh, revenues and can we cut on some of our spending and that's the argument I've made the city council is know the difference between a need versus a want and you know public housing or supportive housing and those other things that have gone through council you have to ask the question is this the right time for it of course your want might be another councillor's need so is there going to be some vigorous debate ahead here I, I think that we've already had a few big debates, but I'm sure there's quite a lot more coming. Um, and especially when you start talking about having making adjustments to services, you know, the people are out there talking about, you know, do you have to reduce the City of Toronto workforce? Well, it's not just reducing the City of Toronto workforce. Along comes the reduction in services with that. And, uh, you know, people pay their property taxes in good faith and they expect services back for that money. So those are very tough conversations. And I think as many councillors as there are on council are different opinions on what is the most important service to keep and what are the things that could be uh, reduced for at least a temporary period of time. Joined by the Deputy Mayor, Ward 2 City Councilor Stephen Holliday, talking about the City of Toronto's $2 billion budget shortfall uh, due to this pandemic. Uh, there is a report uh, today, uh, Councilor, in the Toronto Star about tolling the Gardner and the Don Valley Parkway. And, of course, that's been talked about, uh, as you well know, for some time now. Is that, is it legitimately on the table this time around? 
Well, anything's possible. We don't have the legal authority to do that. I don't know if the province will allow it. If you remember, the previous government took that away. But I'll tell you, I fought that tooth and nail for the very simple reason that I represent a community in the West End. I live in the West End. Guess who's going to be paying a disproportionate amount of money anytime we try to go into the city? And heck, as a city, we should be encouraging people to visit the downtown because those businesses are going to need patrons. I don't know why you'd want to put up a barrier like uh, charging people to take the Gardner Expressway in the context of the extra bike lanes and the King Street that's been shut down for vehicle traffic. Uh, you want people to go. And sometimes I think there's a little bit of politics in these ideas and a little bit of a war on the car. And I'm not entirely convinced that that is the right way to raise money. But at the end of the day, these are all taxes, and doesn't this hurt Toronto and hurt businesses, whether it's tolling the gardener, whether it's increasing property tax, maybe even an increase in sales tax, all of this is going to hurt. It's going to be a hurt. I agree, but I'm a tax purist, they call me, uh, because I think things should be channeled through the property tax. And the reason is, is when people get their bill, they will judge the quality that Toronto Council has done. When you try to hide them in these little pocket taxes that you pay once in a while, it's kind of out of sight and out of mind. I just don't like that philosophy. At some point, you still got to get the money from the taxpayer, keep it out in front, and people will be critical of us or they will thank us for it or somewhere in the middle. Just finally, Councillor, are we looking at an increase in property taxes, perhaps, sadly, job losses at the city of uh, Toronto, maybe tolling uh, roadways, uh, perhaps a sales tax hike? At the end of the day, for the taxpayer moving forward, are we looking at basically paying more for less and getting less? Well, if you look at it globally as a taxpayer, whether it's through our income tax to the federal or provincial government, everyone recognizes that the costs have gone up. Obviously, City Council is going to work to try to keep what it is that we try to collect from people to an absolute minimum. Uh, but at the end of the day, there is this big bill to be paid. The argument I've made to City Council, and I hope that citizens listening will make it to their councillors, is at least try right now to try to save, especially on things that are, they may be wants or nice things to have, like um, affordable housing and other things that we can argue and talk about for a long time about why they're important. But do we have to do them right now? Can we afford to do this? So keep our expenses down. And that way, when we go to collect this money, People still have faith in the government, and they, they understand we've done our best. Well, one thing we do know for sure, as of right now, City Council, all of you have got your work cut out for you on this. Uh, Councillor Holliday, appreciate your time. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. All right, there goes City Councillor Ward 2 and Deputy Mayor of the City of Toronto, Stephen Holliday.